Hello, Shiver Seekers. Are you ready to follow us into the mysterious unknown? I'm Cynthia. And I am Stephanie. And you have found the dark oak. about today's case. Do you have a favorite TV show that you just, no matter what, you just love it? Well, I did have a period where all I could watch was Grey's Anatomy on repeat, Oh, which my husband made fun of me for every single day. And here's the deal. I know it's not great. And actually, I'm probably offending a lot of people right now. Like, I know it's not that well written. And I know it's incredibly predictable. Somehow, I couldn't stop watching it. Okay. The whole thing you've seen, like all seasons? I've watched the entire thing, every single season, like three times. Oh, no. See, I can't even get like past, I don't know even what season, but I just can't. It's too much. All right. Well, you and Barton can talk about that because Mm -hmm. he feels the same way. He would come in and even make comments. Again, I'm sorry if you're a fan of the show, but he would be like, Stephanie, you're you're smarter than this. It's too much. (laughs) too much. I just can't. It's just like, mm -mm. I mean, what crazy, insane, unrealistic thing is going to happen today? I mean, I just like that it was mindless. You know, (laughs) you're like, well, yes, it was. Yes. (laughs) And then survival shows. I like a lot of survival shows. Okay. And, you know, mystery shows, you know, anything that has like a good like brain teaser to it. I like. Okay. Well, that's now you're talking my language. Okay. What you got? My favorite tv show growing up uh-huh there's two of them there's rescue 911 and unsolved mysteries okay you are so classic 90s right now so ni- well <laughs> 90s was my time that was my <laughs> that was my peak that was that was your peak the 90s oh come on girl I'll give yourself a little more credit in the 90s but um <laughs> no i loved those two shows in fact my whole family would gather around the tv to watch those two shows but unsolved mysteries especially the whole it was family every- you oh, guys are like pop the popcorn oh yeah sit down it's a night in we're gonna watch some rescue 911 and unsolved mysteries Isn't that amazing so awesome so as you can imagine when that 2020 Unsolved Mysteries reboot happened on Netflix, I was all about it. I will. T- I, I was. I was there for that one too, for sure. Well, then you're going to recognize this next case. Um, also, can I just ask? Does the theme music still give you the heebie-jeebies? Oh, totally. I cannot listen to it. I have oh, to turn really? it off, like the credits. <laughs> nope. I need to turn up. It's something about the tone. I'm like, yeah. Now, of course, we actually have kind of creepy theme music, I think, but not as creepy as Unsolved Mysteries. I think it's because when I was growing up watching it, there were things on there that really frightened me, you know, because they covered all they covered Unsolved Mysteries. This is why I love your parents are like, yeah, let's do this. Some of them were probably a little intense, honestly, but um, I remember that like the Queen Mary, they covered the Queen Mary haunting and like, is it real? Is it a hoax? And Whoa. like, you know, that's very frightening. Yeah. And- especially because the 
way they present things is very compelling. Oh, yes. And when you're, you know, a pre-adolescent, that's a lot. It can be a lot. But Robert Stack alone was a lot. I know. Well, I have to tell you, go into the music, the reboot at the very end of like the opening credits, it has like his silhouette on the oh i never noticed very okay now you have to at least yeah. go watch it once because it's very it, it's the perfect nod to the original yeah. it just ends it ends with like his like silhouette kind of like kind of like abstractly showing yeah. up it's really cool you got to watch it it was really beautifully done do you think they're ever going to do a rescue nine one one reboot probably not <laughs> you're like not as compelling not- <laughs> i will say that show it always you know it would show these families in these awful scenarios but it was the success stories the, the always happier, with a happy always ending. happy ending so yeah. but that would talk about intent, not so. not for us <laughs> let's go straight for the unsolved ones let's yeah we need some real mystery around those. here If you watch the reboot, you're probably going to recognize this next case. And I will tell you the reason why I wanted to cover it is because a couple years ago when I watched that episode on Unsolved Mysteries, it's the story of the disappearance and ultimate death of Alonzo Brooks. Okay. Well, you, me, and the ghost of Robert Stack are going to figure it out. Let's break it down right now. (laughs) So Alonzo Brooks was the baby of his family. He was his mama's sweet little boy. And the time of our story, he was 23 years old. Okay. His family all described him as kind, sweet, shy. He was really polite. He got along with everybody. He was very neat and tidy. They described him as a neat freak. And he took great, great pride in his appearance. He was always very tailored looking. Red was his favorite color. He was never wrinkled. He always looked, you know, looked good. All right. Put together. Alonzo lived in Gardner, Kansas with his mother. And Gardner is a suburban small community, which is what I think of when I think of Kansas. Like, just kind of, I just go straight to Wizard of Oz. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what Same. I, I'm sure there's more to it, but that's what I see. Same. Also, cornfields. Frightening. Oh, we know you have a thing for cornfields. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. Y'all. What was it? The Bell Witch episode that we talk about? That we talk about. Yeah. We have some weird phobias here. It's becoming like a, an ongoing theme. And one of Stephanie's is of cornfields. I'm convinced if you are near a cornfield, if you're standing next to it, something or someone is definitely going to grab you and is <laughs> definitely going to do something bad. I mean, For it sure. happens in every movie I've ever seen. Everyone. Ever. (laughs) Absolutely. So listen, you have way more phobias than I do. I just have corn. This is true. (laughs) Very true. Yet somehow yours seems so silly to me. (laughs) Thanks a lot. But well, tell you what, those scary ears of corn, I don't want any piece of it. No, no, no judgment. Yeah. The the sound from Signs, the movie Signs. I mean, no, no, I tease you, but corn's Cornfields are scary. That's scary. Anything could be in there. I mean, you know, basically half of the United States population lives next to or near some kind of cornfield. So I'm sorry if that's the case. I probably won't be visiting you. (laughs) At least not at nighttime. Maybe during the daytime I could do it. So it's only cornfields at night? 
I don't know. I've never done an experiment. Okay. See, I envision when I envision a cornfield, I'm envisioning it during the day. I'm not envisioning it at night. No, it's true. Something could definitely take you during the day too. Absolutely. That's yeah. almost to me more scary because it's like it's daylight. You should not be afraid. And yet everything is still very obscured by the the tall corn. Are you supposed to be helping me through my phobia oh. or making it worse? I was just trying to validate you. Right. I felt bad about saying it was silly. So now I'm validating. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. I didn't realize the pendulum had swung the other way. <laughs> I'm just being a good friend. Okay. All right. Let's get back to Alonzo. Okay. Alonzo. <laughs> Less about us. More about Alonzo. Yes. Alonzo was super laid back. So much so that his older brother's often tried to toughen him up. They said, you know, it's a hard world. It's a hard life. So you need to like man up and get a thicker skin. But his mom said, you know, that's oh. enough of that, boys. Leave my leave my baby alone. Yes. Like, he was just fine. Being stop, pushing, stop pushing him in the cornfield. <laughs> this will toughen you up. Now we need Stephanie. <laughs> I can just imagine somebody trying to push you in a cornfield. Oh, I would scream really loud. <laughs> and if you guys, if my laughter is any indication to you, I mean, I can let out a bellow oh when I'm terrified. <laughs> Stephanie in a cornfield, me submerged in a submarine in front of a shipwreck. Wow. Just your average weirdos over here. Our weird, bizarre, stupid phobias. On April 3rd, 2004, Alonzo told his mom he was going to go to a party. And when she asked what kind of party it was, he told her that it was a party to celebrate a man who was leaving to go into the military. Alonzo was going to meet up with some of his buddies and they were all just going to hang out at this party together. So some of the buddies who were going to be there were Justin, Daniel, and Tyler. Now, these friends and these other party goers, they were all just a little younger than Alonzo. Alonzo was 23. They were, you know, in their late teens, early 20s. He was the oldest of the group. Okay. And Alonzo wasn't really one to go to a lot of parties. He was actually a football star. So one of the things that his friends and family said about him is that he was a beast when it came to football, which was really interesting because he was so laid back and sweet. Yeah, he's like a teddy bear otherwise. But a beast on the football field. The night of the party, Alonzo was wearing blue jeans, a t-shirt, a sweater, and a skull hat. Alonso also had a habit of wearing two pairs of socks. And on this particular night, he was definitely wearing two socks because Justin remembered that before they left for the party, he saw Alonzo roll his top sock down and like adjust his other sock and then tie his boots. Okay. Alonso had been uh, walking with a little bit of a limp in the week the week of this party leading up to this night. Okay. Because he'd been playing basketball and it hurt his ankle. So these things are going to be important later on. So just remember okay, he's so wearing we have two a pairs of socks and uh, he has a hurt ankle. Okay. So the party was 47 miles away from Gardner in a little teeny tiny town called Lacine. The group was going to carpool. So Alonzo asked Justin if he could ride with him. Justin said yes. And it took about an hour for them to get to the party. Gosh, it sounds like the middle of nowhere. It literally was the little of nowhere. This town is so small. Some of these party goers in Alonzo's group had never even heard of it. So imagine not ever having heard of a town an hour away from you. Whoa. Like that's we live in a pretty small town, but Yeah, but we still are aware of, of other around. small towns around yeah. us. No, this is like so small. They said there was no there were no stores. There were barely any houses. It was nothing but country and probably a lot of cornfields. <laughs> they, 
You had to I added throw that. that in there. You had to throw it. I bet there was. I'm just guessing. And I would have turned the car around. <laughs> I said, no way are we drinking out in this field with these. No way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I do have to ask. So this was a going away party for a friend of a friend. So here's the thing. The the party, it seemed like the people who were actually hosting the party were kind of friends of friends of friends kind of thing. Okay. So, again, it's a very small town. I feel like it was one of those scenarios where, hey, we hear there's this party going on an hour from now. We don't really know. My friend Bobby's friend Joe, blah, blah, blah. So, it was a very hosting. loose connection with very the host loose, of the party. Right. Okay. All I know is that... They were throwing this party in honor of someone about to go away to go into the military. Okay, got it. When they got to the house, they noticed what was pretty typical for the area, a long driveway leading up to an old farmhouse. Creepy. Very creepy. As soon as they got there, they got out of their cars. There's a few people hanging around outside. And Alonzo immediately broke the ice by yelling out, who wants a beer? Oh, right. That's cute. It's very cute. Now, witnesses say there were somewhere between 30 and 50 people at this party. They were all pretty young, again, ranging in age from 16 to 21. Okay. Other than Alonzo. Right. There was all the normal party stuff going on, dancing, flip cup, card games, drinking games, and Alonzo was having the time of his life. Oh. Again, he was naturally a very quiet person. But okay. his friend said that on this particular night, he was so much more demonstrative and outgoing than normal, but like not in a weird way. No, like feeling himself. Having a blast. Yeah. He was genuinely having a lot of fun. Despite this, though, there was some drama. At one point in the evening, Daniel and Alonzo were hanging out in the kitchen doing shots of Jaeger. Daniel got distracted talking to someone or something. He couldn't even say what he was really doing, but he was paying attention to okay. something else. And when he turned around, he saw Alonzo getting into it with another guy. Uh-oh. And he said it looked like it was going to get very aggressive pretty quickly. So he literally stepped in between the two to break it up. It appears that this fight may have had something to do with the fact that Alonzo was black. And it seems that this area was kind of known for racism, unfortunately. Oh, shoot. Yes. So Alonzo was Mexican and black. Some sources say Alonzo was the only black person there at this party. Other sources say he was not the only black person, but definitely minority like there were he was you know one he stuck of out yeah absolutely and if there were a few people there that were racist it could have caused a problem absolutely in the unsolved mysteries episode on alonzo's case all of the friends who were at the party that night said that this area like the general rural area just in kansas in general uh-huh had some real problems when it came to racism okay so they didn't go any further than that but i just assume like what a you know, bummer i know it's i mean guys i know we're still dealing with this i know in 2023 we're still caring about it's just ugh. such it's it's just so disappointing is is doesn't even cover it but it is like well how are we right. still dealing with with this right there, there are really no words to be honest, I don't even know what to say about it other yeah. than it's just unbelievable to yes. me. But unfortunately, that seems to be the scenario in this area. 
After being at this party for about an hour and a half, Daniel got a call telling him about another party that was going on. And Daniel had rode with a friend named Nikki. I don't know if Nikki is a man or a woman. I could not find that information. But either way, Nikki had driven Daniel to the party. Nikki wanted to go to this new party. So Daniel said goodbye to his friends, including Alonzo, and then left with Nikki. Okay. About 45 minutes to an hour after that, around 11 p.m., Tyler left the party and once again said goodbye to his friends, including Alonzo. So the group of people that Alonzo knows there is getting smaller. Right. Okay. Because it started out four of them together. Now two of them have left to go to other parties. Right. And the four are all, that's the closest group. They didn't all ride together, but those are the closest friends. There are other acquaintances. But, but these yes, are the four that the have four, looked like, out main. for each other. Yes. About this time, Justin who Alonzo had ridden to the party with, ran out of cigarettes. So he asked Alonzo if he could bum one of his, but Alonzo had ran out of cigarettes too. So according to Justin, Alonzo said to Justin, if you're going to go to the store to buy more cigarettes, can you pick some up for me as well? Okay. So Justin left the party to go pick up cigarettes. And he said that as he left the driveway, he should have taken a left out of the driveway, but instead he took a right. Okay. And ended up getting lost on a gravel road somewhere. He got his car stuck and ultimately ended up about 30 minutes north of the party. Now, when he says he got his car stuck, I did not get the impression it was like stuck, like he needed to call for AAA. You know, it wasn't like he just delayed delayed him. And by the time he realized he was so lost, it was just like, I'm calling it. So he physically could have make it back to the party. But said, I don't want to drive all the way back. That is, is your impression. The, that's the impression I get. Justin then decides he's going to call his friend Adam, who is still at the party and is a mutual acquaintance with Alonzo. Okay. And he asked Adam to get Alonzo and tell him, hey, I got lost. I'm not going to make it back to the party. Justin said he could hear Alonzo in the background making fun of him for getting lost. So everything's good. You know, he's giving him a hard time. Yeah. And during this phone call, Justin asked Adam to give Alonzo a ride home. He agrees. So Justin did the right thing in making sure, hey, I'm not going to make it back, but I want to make sure this person. He didn't leave him high and dry. And Alonzo, if we want to read between the lines, sounds like he's still having an okay time at the party. Like he doesn't feel like he's in danger. He's in trouble. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like it. Now, some people have a problem with the fact that he took Alonzo to the party and ultimately left him there but uh, you know hindsight's 2020 like of course if he knew what he knows now he wouldn't have done that but he did make arrangements he didn't leave him high and dry he said hey i can't make it back like i don't know what more he could have done yeah outside of driven back you know in the wrong direction to go get him yeah i mean i don't know i'm okay with that i mean he let alonzo know he didn't totally flake and he made sure somebody else could give him a ride right he didn't leave him there with nobody like yeah i I mean i personally think it was yeah copacetic (laughs) did i use that word right copacetic copacetic yeah i clearly did not use that word (laughs) i personally think it was copacetic (laughs) i love the way you talk to me learned All right. The next morning, Alonzo's mom. I always thought it was copacetic. That's so funny. How many times have I said that wrong in public? And people went, "Mm -mm. (laughs) mm-mm. 
Mm-mm. That girl needs some help. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Don't give her a microphone. Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> All right. The next morning, Alonzo's mom gets a call asking if Alonzo is home. She goes into his room. He's not there. The bed is still made. It's very clear that he didn't sleep there. Ruh-roh. She starts calling around to try to find him because for him not to come home, that is unusual behavior. It is not like him to not tell anyone where he's going to be. That's out of character. And you've already explained, he's not like a huge party or anything. So it's not like he parties and passes out somewhere or something. Right. She right. immediately knew something is wrong. This Fishy. is not normal. Yeah. The buddies from the party the night before were on that list of calls that she made. And everyone shared their account of when they last saw Alonzo. Justin had said it was his understanding that Adam was going to be giving him a ride home. But apparently... When Adam went to leave, he could not find Alonzo, and he assumed he'd already left. Oh, That's shoot. an unfortunate breakdown. I don't know what happened there. I don't know if what ended up happening to Alonzo had already happened. That's why he couldn't find him. If they just missed each other, that is where things go wrong. He is now alone at this party. Oh, shoot. Alonzo had a friend named Rodney English who lived in Topeka, Kansas. And Rodney is Alonzo's best friend from childhood. He said they were like brothers. They grew up playing basketball, football, King of the Hill. Have you ever heard of that game, King of the Hill? I can only assume it's a game that boys play on top of some kind of mound where they push each other off. You are correct. Okay. Am I, Hello, a boy, boy am I a boy mom or what? <laughs> Hello, it's, you are. Yeah, they they said they used to stand on the compost uh, pile and just oh, try to knock pile. each other okay. off. Yeah. yeah, and whoever was the last one standing was the king of the hill. Yeah, I could totally. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds fun. I could see it. <laughs> as soon as Rodney heard that Alonzo did not come home, he went straight into action. Now, Rodney did not know this group of friends from the party. Okay, he did not know that group, but he quickly got acquainted because yeah. he immediately asked Justin to drive him to this farmhouse where Alonzo had last been seen. Good for him. I know. I That's love a good it. Friend. I love it. He did mention that this was a bit of an intense drive because he was one of the people who was asking that hard question. How could you take him to this party out in the middle of nowhere and not bring him home? Yeah, I mean, it's his, his loved one. Somebody considers a brother. He's like, what are you thinking? Right. I can only imagine, like, ugh, how it would feel to have to answer that question. Well, I'm like, sure Justin's feeling badly, too. Of course. Of course. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know how the story ends up, but it doesn't sound like he had done anything intentionally. Of course not. Of course not. And he, Alonzo not making it home is is a very, very much a bad thing. And Justin does say it's the regret of his life. And I feel terrible uh, about it. because. Yeah. Again, it I don't believe it was malicious in any way. Right. But it's always the hindsight. But, right. You'll drive yourself crazy with that. So yeah. when they got to the house, they were able to check the wood line across the street from the house, thinking maybe Alonzo got drunk and just passed out somewhere outside. Yeah. While they were doing this, across the street from the house, they found Alonzo's hat and one single boot. Ooh, I don't like that. Me neither. A few hundred feet away from that, beside a creek bank, 
they found Alonzo's other boot. Nope. No good. So pretty much the way this is laid out, it's just imagine a house, super long driveway, out in the middle of nowhere, and beside it is like a creek. Okay. So really, there's nothing. There's nothing out there. Rodney said that these items didn't look to be hidden. It looked like someone was driving down the driveway of the house. And when they got to the end of the driveway, they threw the hat and one boot out of one window across the street and then threw the other one, the other boot out of the other window. And that's exactly what it looked like to me. It looked like a driver threw one thing out or someone on a driver's side threw, you know, the hat and boot out. And then someone on the passenger side threw the other boot because they literally landed like across the road from each other. Whoa. While this group was out looking around for Alonzo, a man on a four wheeler pulled up and told them that they needed to leave the property immediately. What? I don't have any more information from that. So I don't know if it's someone who lived there who was saying, get off my property. Or if it was someone who thought maybe they were in danger. I will say Rodney is a a black man. And if this area is known for being, you know, unsavory, having, you know, racist people around, you know, if he was saying you should probably leave here. I don't know the context. But I do know while they're there looking for Alonzo, someone tells them, you guys need to get out of here, which is scary no Yikes. matter what. Yeah, either way, you it's interpret very it. scary. It's not great. Alonzo's brother and his wife ended up driving out to the farmhouse the following day, and they were able to track down the owners of the home. On the Unsolved Mysteries episode, Alonzo's brother said that the owner had told him that the house had been empty but that it was able to be rented out. I don't know exactly what that means. If it's like an Airbnb situation. Like it could be rented like for, for a the, short-term party, like a day or right, evening. Yes. Okay. But a news report came out about a month after Alonzo went missing. And that report said that there were four men living at the home at the time of the party who had since been evicted. Oh. I'm really not sure. When you got multiple things being said like that, I... I really don't know which is Yeah, and again, accurate. the premise was there was a guy leaving to go to the military. But how did they vacate the house that quickly? Either Isn't way, I don't know. Okay. Because the house was empty. Like, nobody was there just a few hours after this party. After it's, this huge party with 30 to 50 people. It's like something out of a creepy movie. It, it really is. It really is. Alonzo's mom went to the police station to follow a missing persons report. And what did they tell her? Oh, he hasn't been missing long enough. He got to wait 48 hours, you 24, 48, 48, 72, a week and a half, whatever All it is they of, tell people. Right. In her case, they told her she, they had, she had to wait 48 hours. But again, her family knew immediately something was wrong. I mean, we know our people. We know the yeah. people who are not going to come home and that's just part of what they do. Right. And we know the people who, if they don't come home, something is wrong. Right. Alonzo is one of those people. When Alonzo's family met with the sheriff, the, sh- the sheriff, the sheriff told him, hey, he's going to show up. He's probably just walking around, you know, out yeah, in the middle of without nowhere. without his shoes on his crooked ankle. Re- exactly. Alonzo's sister-in-law was like, he literally doesn't have shoes. Here are his shoes. And again, like you said, he had that, you know, messed up ankle. And again, in the middle of nowhere, where is he going to walk to? What, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Don't love that answer. No. Lynn County Sheriff Paul Fila was a deputy at the time. He got the call to go check out this address. So he did. He went to the farmhouse. He walked the creek bed. He found nothing. And he reported negative contact, meaning I went there. I checked it out. There was no contact. Okay. Nothing. 
The case was then turned over to the KBI, and the sheriff's office became the assisting agency. There was an overhead helicopter search, and as witnesses were questioned and authorities learned more about that altercation that happened at the party, the FBI was brought in because authorities started to wonder if Alonzo may have been the victim of a hate crime. Oh, well, you know what? Okay, it was a slow start on, you know, the detective's um, position, you know, to make her wait, but it sounds like they really kicked into gear. I have to say... I feel like they were really that sounds trying like a hard pretty to find thorough him. search. Right. When they went out, they they immediately turned it over to the KBI as soon as they realized, hey, we're not finding anything. I feel like they really tried hard. Uh, again, after the whole 48-hour thing, we don't like. But And who knows? Maybe that was just a desk clerk that was just paper pushing or something. But it sounds like when it got in the right hands, they really did try to do the right thing. I agree with you. On April 12th, an underwater rescue and dive team was even brought in to thoroughly search the creek. Oh, I mean, wow. that's, you know. Yeah, significant. A, yes. The team noted that the water was three feet deep at the deepest part. So oh, it's not very deep. But they should have, if there was someone in the creek, they should have been able yeah. to find them. They had three rescuers start at a point in the water and then three people on each side of the bank. So three people in the water, three people on each side. This is what these people do. Like, this is their job. It's a recovery team that specializes in water recovery. If someone is in the water, these are the people you want looking for them. They found nothing at all to indicate that there was a body in the water. Okay. Cadaver dogs were brought in. They found nothing. Numerous interviews were taken. Alonzo's friends said that they were constantly being asked to give statements. Any information, phone numbers, polygraphs were taken. Forty agents were assigned to this case, and the general consensus after the hundreds of man hours that were put into finding Alonzo was that he must have gotten drunk, taken off his shoes, and decided to walk home. And again, the idea of taking off your shoes before walking 47 miles on a hurt ankle is ridiculous. But it's not like they weren't trying to find him and they could not find him. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it does sound completely ridiculous. But one other conclusion can you come to with the information that you have right now? Right. I mean, unless he was abducted or something. But again, there's no smoking gun for that. Right. Right. May 1st, 2004, 27 days after the party, the family was finally given permission to go search the property themselves. So up until this point, they didn't really want him you know, sure. interfering with the yeah. search. But after after the authorities had done their part, they were saying, okay, you may, you may go now. Volunteers came in from every direction to help the family. So many people wanted to join in on this endeavor. And within 30 minutes of the search beginning, 30 minutes, Stephanie Alonzo's body was found laying on the creek bed. Get out. Is that not? Get out. It's insane. Like, that's not. That's not Insane. possible. Insane. This and area his, that has already family? been searched. His family found him. In fact, no. probably one of the most tragic parts of this was the fact, I mean, it was his family that found him. Like his family found oh. him. His father said that when they found his body, it had been overcast. It was an overcast day. And the skies cleared almost like as if Alonzo was saying, okay, it's okay now. You found me. Like, that's okay. what his dad said after. Okay, I'm going to take a moment <laughs> and collect myself. It's, yeah, I mean, it's rough. 
And it was searched. just in an open, like in a creek, but in an in exposed creek. area. Yes. The area that was searched. Okay. I need more information. Okay. Well, first of all, an autopsy, an autopsy was performed and the state of Alonzo's body did obscure some things. The examiner said that based on the condition of the clothing, they were able to rule out penetrative injuries. So that means like a knife wound, a uh, stabbing, something like that. Gunshot because, wound. Right. Okay. His, his, there were no blood or cuts through the clothing, no obvious signs of gunshot. It was possible that Alonzo could have drowned, but really couldn't say for sure with the state of mm. the body. Okay. He could have been strangled, but the soft tissues of the neck were gone. If he'd been beaten, there was, you know, no okay. evidence of that. No obvious broken bones or bruising. Homicide could not be ruled out. But the decomposition of the body made it impossible to say for sure. There was also pretty significant animal and insect activity, as you would expect. Yeah. If a body had been out in a for super rural days. area. Yeah. The cause and manner of death were ruled undetermined. Alonzo's family and friends immediately believed Alonzo was the victim of foul play. The fact that his hat and his shoes were found separated from him and from each other made them think someone had to be involved. After his body was found, rumors began to circulate. Both online and around town, many people weighed in with their ideas of what they thought happened to Alonzo. And these ideas ranged from him being picked up while trying to walk home to having been kept in the trunk of a car and tortured to drowning in the creek. It seemed like everybody knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who like had the inside scoop on what happened to him. I want to know where he was for 27 days. If he wasn't there originally, he just disappeared and showed back up. It's so wild to me. It is. Well, I will tell you, his brother believes that he had been kept in a refrigerated area such as like a meat locker or something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's a stretch, but it just, something's not lining up. Well, the medical examiner who did the original autopsy said that there was no definitive way to know if a body had been frozen because oh. he said sometimes if a body has been recently thawed, there can be some changes that might allude to it having been frozen, but it's not definitive, which seems suspect to me. I mean, I'm not a, a me, but like, really? You can't tell if a body's been frozen? I would think that you could. But maybe after it's been thawed for a long enough time. This is so gross that I just said a body was thawed because this is horrendous to even think that. But if he had been in the creek even for a few days, you know, I would imagine... You know, there's just decomposition there, there. And that really made it made it difficult. But I wonder, was the decomposition enough to say that he had been there for 27 days? Well, the medical examiner said that the level of decomposition was consistent with having been in the creek for 30 days. OK. However, oh, it could also plead. I, I mean, the medical, I will tell you, this medical examiner is kind of like, well, it could have been murder or it may not have been. So, oh, so OK. He said it. It was consistent with having been in the creek for 30 days. However, it may have been there for a shorter, shorter amount of okay, time. Okay, not extremely helpful. Right. The body was decomposed enough that it was hard to answer a lot of these questions, yeah. which that makes sense. The examiner did take into account during his interview, like for Unsolved Mysteries anyway, that it was not easy to move a dead body. So the idea that Alonzo's body had been kept somewhere and then later transported 
he didn't think was very likely. It wasn't impossible, but given the terrain, he did not think that was likely. However, Alonzo's family said that they absolutely do not believe that Alonzo's body had been there the whole time because of the searches. The place where his body was found had been searched. By professionals. By professionals. And so you're telling me these amateurs, his family just stumbled upon him? Yes. It's wild, Yes, it is. Authorities from those first searches said that they had, when they had come out previously, the creek level was so low that they could see the bottom. They said there was no way he had been in that creek the entire time. And the head of the dive team went on to say, if there was a body in that creek when we searched it, we would have found it that night. I believe he he's a large man. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know the answer where he was, but I know it was searched. I need to know more, Cynthia. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's why this case is so I crazy. Like, Cynthia is madly searching her script for something. A new I'm tidbit. Like, Do I have the answer? <laughs> oh, no. I need more. <laughs> well, I told you that rumors were circulated. And one of them was that there was a white girl at the party who flirted with Alonzo. Yeah, that kind of started the... That started this. Uh, there's a variation of this that the girl's boyfriend was there. She He didn't like his girlfriend flirting with Alonzo. Uh, some people say, oh, I heard some racial slurs being thrown around and it went from there. We really don't know. But, but I do think that we have to take into consideration that was obviously some kind of drama that night. We know it. His friends saw some. Right. But even at that... The last few people we know that talked to him, mm-hmm. it didn't sound like he was distressed. Right. It didn't sound like he felt like he was being threatened right. or it wasn't something that he could take care of. Right. Even after that altercation. Correct. W- yes. Right. No one. And he didn't want to leave the party. Like when right. Justin's like, hey, I'm going to run get cigarettes. He was like, all right, man, bring me some. Right. You know, he wasn't right. like. Uh, there was nothing obvious. Like, maybe I should go with is- you. Right. Right. Alonzo's family said that when they did find him, this goes back to where was he during that 27 yeah. days, they said he did not appear to have been in the water for months. Now, again, they're not doctors, but they said that he looked relatively normal. He wasn't bloated. His color was somewhat normal. So at least what they saw, to them, it didn't appear that he had been there for 27 days. His wallet was with him. He had his wallet. He had some dice, a lighter, a bandana, some papers, some cards, and all of that was still intact. And they also questioned how that could have been possible if he had been underwater for a month or out in the elements for a month. Alonzo's family believes that Alonzo's body was placed in that creek bed. After the last authority-led search, Alonzo's brother spoke on behalf of the rest of the family. He said he believes that because it was a small town... Word spread that the authorities were going to allow family and friends to do their own search of the area. So whoever killed Alonzo knew that the authorities search was over, but the family was going out. So they placed him there for his body to be discovered. They wanted him to be discovered by the family, which I can only like imagine what the point of that may have been. And I don't a even sick and go twisted there. message. Yeah, I, I don't even want to. A sick and twisted message. If indeed that was the case. And I don't even. I, my mind, I can't even wrap my mind around that being the motivation. 
The KBI released a statement saying that there was no evidence that suggested that Alonzo had been a victim of crime. So for that reason, his death investigation was closed. What? So it just, it, there's just so many weird things about this case. We search the area and then we find him there. We can't say how long he's been there. We can't say if he was being held somewhere else. We can't say that he was murdered. So we're just going to close the death investigation. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But here's the cool thing. Okay. This Unsolved Mysteries reboot reboot brought a lot of renewed interest into this case. Because remember, this case happened in 2004. Yeah, true. So in 2019, the Department of Justice and the FBI reopened the investigation into his death. Yay! And additionally, the FBI announced in June 2020 that they were offering a reward of up to $100,000 to anyone who had information about Alonzo's death. Oh, dang. Alonzo's body was exhumed in 2020. Okay. His body was transported to Dover Air Force Base for examination by the Armed Forces Medical Examiner. So, okay. Head honcho. Big deal. Right. This is a team of the world's best forensic pathologists and experts, and they established that Alonzo Brooks' death was not an accident. They believe he had been killed. Ding, 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 ding. The details of the examination have been withheld. For investigative purposes, but the new autopsy focused on injuries to Brooks' body that the examiner concluded are inconsistent with normal patterns of decomposition. I want to know what it was. I know, me too. So then U.S. Attorney Stephen McAllister said in a news release, we are investigating whether Alonzo was murdered. His death certainly was suspicious, and someone, likely multiple people, know what happened that night in April 2004. It is past time for the truth to come out. The code of silence must be broken. Alonzo's family deserves to know the truth, and it is time for justice to be served. The FBI added that his death was being investigated as a potential racially motivated crime, And Alonzo's mother, Maria Ramirez, believes that her son was targeted for his race. She said, I'm Mexican and his father is black, so he's mixed. And they didn't just target one race or kill one race. They killed two. He was targeted because of the color of his skin. So that's her position. She thinks it was absolutely racially motivated, which just makes me so upset. Heartbreaking. After the documentary series unsolved mysteries on netflix aired their episode about his case brooks family alonzo's family says that tips have just kept coming in so it's really beautiful that people are trying to help all these years later our kansas listeners figure it out folks we can do it yes fbi agent lena ramona said some of these kids at this party who are adults now may have been scared to come forward before or may not have known that what they saw was important. But she believes that now, all these years later, with maturity, possibly having children of your own, like if you were there, if you know something, now is the time to talk about it. So that's the hope. The hope is that with renewed interest, all these new tips, we'll find out something and be able to give this this poor family, some closure. So tough. And he just sounds like such a delight. 
Uh, but he's terribly missed. Oh. And yeah, this case does seem solvable. It does seem so. It just seems so. I just don't even know. I don't even have words. It seems so. I don't even have words. The an evil. This is evil. An yeah, act of evil. I don't know how else you describe this. Um, and it would be really great to solve this and bring people to justice. It would. But I think just all these just bizarre things that, as of right now, we don't have answers to. Okay, that's the what not knowing me... where he was for the 27 days is really, like, that's really got me, like, a huge question mark. Me too. And the fact that nobody can really say for sure. Like, you've got men, a whole search group saying, we searched it. He wasn't there. But yet he is found there. So... I mean, I I have to say, I, I agree with his brother. I think he was not there. And I think somebody planted him there. Like, I think somebody brought him back to the scene. Which, to me, is like, that opens up a whole can of worms. Because it's like, we're talking 27 days here. Where was he? Well, what otherwise, were you, you doing have to say them? this team of professionals who, I mean, take a lot of pride in their work, just missed something completely obvious. That his family found within and, 30 minutes and cadaver dogs and everybody's you're telling everybody missed it it just doesn't yeah. seem plausible no it doesn't it doesn't and that's why it, it's just like so i don't know that's why there it's so bizarre to me and again i mean you know now we know it's been reopened as a mm -hmm. homicide but you're telling me he just randomly threw off his hat and his shoes and then went and like drowned in the creek i no. mean none of that makes any sense i definitely think there's foul play i i can't tell you who or what or when or where or why i mean i think I, I i feel unfortunately and i hate to even say it out loud but i feel like it probably was racially motivated which yeah. is really upsetting tough i have no other words tough tough case well i would really i'm gonna put this one on my cases i hope are solved in my lifetime list yes please yes yeah. please yeah love me some unsolved mysteries girl Okay, let me hear let me hear your best interpretation of the song. All I hear in my mind is That's the scariest part. And then the ting 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 ting. And I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I can't I can watch the show, but I cannot listen to the intro or the outro. That is so funny. No, I have to turn it off because really? I, I get really creeped out. Just the sound of the music. Okay. Something about like the minor chords. Yes. Like creep me out. Well, I mean, that's intended. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it works. what it's supposed to it sound like. It doesn't. <laughs> Just don't play that next to a cornfield. I'm really going to freak out. I know. I'm like, wow. <laughs> Here, I thought I was the only one with silly fears. Well, yours are just abundant <laughs> and <That's> stupid. <laughs> well, as most of them are. Most of them are. Yeah. But I, I will say there's there's a little valid, validity to being afraid of. Did I say that right? Validity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some validity to thinking that something might grab you out of a cornfield. There could be anything. Animals. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> You're the one who's going to have nightmares tonight. I am. I need I need to cut myself off now. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys. Another amazing episode. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Dark Oak. Join us next time as we bring you more thrills and chills. Ooh, thrills and chills and cornfields. Ooh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.
This episode of The Dark Oak was created, researched, written, recorded, hosted, edited, published, and marketed by Cynthia and Stephanie of Just Us Gals Productions and made possible by you, our shiver-seeking listener. Special thanks goes to Justice Himes for our incredible artwork and Ryan Crete for our amazing music.